Welcome everyone to another episode of the Rodcast and today we are talking about the very important topic of how to raise and develop leaders in the church and this conversation really comes out of a recent teaching that Pastor Rod did with uh, many of our pastors and leaders and I think it really resonated with a lot of people. So uh, I don't know where we want to start with this Pastor Rod but uh uh, maybe you can just give an overview of uh, your experience raising leaders. Um, how how important is this uh, in the context of our local church? And then uh, we can drill into uh, some of your teaching around that. Sure. Well, I've been a pastor for 35 years with my uh, lovely wife, and um, we've pastored in many countries, including Australia and Thailand and now Japan. And there's always a cry out for leaders. And as I go around the world, people say, how do you raise leaders in Lifehouse? And um, so it really is an important topic, and I just think we need to bring it, first of all, back to the Bible, where um, in Ephesians chapter 4, uh, it says, when Jesus rose from the dead, he gave gifts, um, five, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher, to prepare people for works of service. You could say to develop leaders right through the church life. And so the, the, the important thing of gifting of, of in the church is to raise leaders. It's not to do the work although we have to model right. and lead the work, but it's to lead a whole band of brothers and sisters to do that work. So the, the, the call of leadership development is everywhere at all times, in all parts of history, in every church, there is a call. Now, whether we, what we do with that call is very important, but I, I think we at Lifehouse have our own, um, what can I say, process. So at the end of the day, when people go into the process, it's a terrible word, isn't it? But, but it's very organic. They sure. come out as leaders. That the, 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 the result of every leadership development is that we have more leaders, new leaders, our older leaders getting better, getting stronger, getting um, more uh, multiplying themselves. So there's a, a loop happens, a loop as we raise leaders, they will raise leaders and they will raise leaders. And someone once said that if you just get three generations of leadership loops, so my generation, your generation, next generation in a church, you definitely will have a movement, a leadership movement has been created because you've got the, um, the leadership uh, pathway, we, what we call in the leadership loop in place. So it's really important and I think everyone wants to do it. I really do. Right. I think if you ask any pastor yeah. or leader, say, do you want this? They'd say yes. And yeah. I've experienced that in every continent I've ever been to. Um, so yeah, let's talk about that. <laughs> well, I don't know where you want to take this, but it's so important. And it actually, let me say this, that, that you know, that as pastors, um, we don't usually use the word apostle or prophet or evangelist or teacher. We use the word, the generic word pastor. Yeah. But actually there are those five different types of leaders and we could talk about that sometime. But every leader has, its own, has his or her own um, bent or um, personality or um, emphasis Mm -hmm. And that's why different local churches take on different personalities. Um, and I just think we need to know what Jesus said. These gifts are for developing the church. And when that happens, um, the Bible then goes on to talk about we go on to maturity, we grow, there's no, not so much deception around, we, we speak the truth in love, we grow together, we find our place because of good leadership and then a good process. Mm. Well, I think the process part of it is important because uh, especially as it, you know, when you first come into leadership, you kind of don't know what to do. And like maybe someone's developing you 
but you will also want to start raising up other leaders and you kind of do need a bit of a blueprint. Um, but it seems complicated. Like there's so many aspects yeah. to how do you develop a person? Yeah. And yeah. I think that's, yeah. that's where clarification helps. So, yeah, when we did this leadership loop, um, we've, we've narrowed it down to three things and that is extremely minimal, minimalizing or, or, you know, mm-hmm. not, not dumbing down, but actually making it understandable in three areas. So, as we talk about three things a bit mo- in a moment, I think we need to say there's probably 20 or 30 things, but that is complicated. And, and the more you stretch it out and get, you know, we could write here today, you and I just sit down and write you know, 30, 30 mm-hmm. topics to teach leaders um, and they'd all be relevant. Yeah. And yeah. I'm sure churches around the world are, are actually teaching these 30 things in different ways. So this is not an issue of being unique or special in a life house, we're not special, but it is trying to organize, which is, I think, you, the process, trying to simplify that are we doing these three things? Are we actually on this loop of understanding how important these three things are? And, and when we say these three things, everyone's going to have a different name, um, right. which is fine because process has to work for you and the local church. So, yeah, I, I think that these three represents 30, probably represents 100, you know, mm-hmm. that's, uh, the lessons of Jesus, the lessons of the Proverbs in the Bible, the, the lessons that we read from great leaders like John Maxwell and, yeah. and other people. We, we're trying to bring it down to, are we doing these three things well? So mm-hmm. that's, what, that's why it's important. It's, I guess it's focus, isn't it? Focusing yeah. on these areas. And, and I think uh, it's worth saying that like we're big fans of John Maxwell and other great leadership teachers and uh, like you've recommended books from him, you know, many times. And obviously, if you want to go into depth, there is so much detail to raising leaders that you could go into. But yeah, to make it simple that we can all grab, take away and remember, I think uh, I think that's what I really felt was happening when you were teaching this um, and hearing the feedback from all the other pastors. Uh, yeah, it, it connected with something. So. Yeah, so I don't know. If you want to just jump into what what exactly it is and how you know, in your words, and um, yeah, so so once we've given that little prologue, that really this represents thirty, a hundred lessons and everything mm-hmm. you read from all the great leadership. Yeah, it does. It's all we're trying to do is say to our church leaders, do you understand these three areas? There's there's sort of areas. So the first one is what we call cultural agreement. And I mean, so many things fit in, fit under this. And, and the number one is being biblical. So we're disciples of Jesus. So we follow Jesus in all his teachings. And we have a lot of things in our church that we say, well, this is what we believe are very, very important things such as salvation and forgiveness and love and grace and joy. And it's, it, so there's a biblical values that we press into. There's also things that we don't press into. We don't want people to be angry and offended and you know, that, so, so cultural agreement is also what we don't do. And um, it's also not just biblical, that's, that's the foundation, but it's also what we are actually pressing on, the things that we say these are very, very important things for our church as, as a unified leadership team across countries and yeah. uh, cultures and languages that we have. So cultural agreement also involves things such as the way we do church. So it is our distinctives. It's the way we do music yeah. and the way we do uh, small groups, what we call connect groups, and the way we do our volunteer teams that we call dream teams and um, the, the things that we talk about with, with statement of faith, which comes from Assemblies of God for us in Australia. Um, 
And then we've added a, a few very important things on sexuality in these times. So they're, they're sort of like um, the agreement. And, and some of them are family values. So if you came to our house for a dinner, there'd be a way we set the table and you'd say, why do you, this is, this is after the biblical stuff, okay? That's not, that's not uh, um, up for grabs. Um, yep. The closed-handed stuff is, is intact. But the open-handed, yep. like, oh, why do you put your cups on the left or the right side? Well, silly things like that, we'd just say because that's the way we do it. There's, and, and although there is probably a why, there probably is a why, but it's just the way we do it. And so some people um, need to just say, well, that, why, do we, why do we do communion like that? And their answer is, well, we, we're remembering Jesus, but that's just the way we do it. And so the, the, the how is the area of culture that we need to also have cultural agreement in so that we're not, we're not worried about certain things. Let me give you an example. When we first started in Japan 21 years ago, we had a team of 10 young Australians who came for one year. They all came from different churches. Uh, they were all friends' churches, my friends' churches, with uh, mostly actually. And um, I mean, they're all my friends, but <laughs> uh, people from different backgrounds, but not one was a leader. They're all young Australians. Not one was a established leader, but they were great disciples of Jesus who loved the Lord and came here on mission to Japan and wanted to make a difference. And so that's what we had in cultural agreement, that doctrine and church background and a desire for mission and we're going to win Japan for Christ and help us God. And there was a lot of cultural agreement. But when they landed, we said, well, these are the songs we're going to sing and these are the reasons why. And this is our dress code and this is the reason why. And this is how long the church is going to go. And this is the reason why. And everyone went, great, because the cultural agreement on mission was so high. And so we just agreed to do a lot of things. And I think it was one of the reasons we were successful in the first year is that our internal team had cultural agreement to a great degree. And we had a lot of robust discussion on how do we reach people and, um, you know, what Bible studies do we use? We When I say robust, robust discussion, I'm talking about good discussion, like Holy Spirit, we want to make this work. But in the end, when we presented it to people, it was a unified, it was a unified, uh, powerful group because we had cultural agreement on the biblical issues and on the cultural issues, even though we were in a foreign country. This is number one, it's cultural agreement. And so many things will fall into this area. If you talk about leadership, um, you know, things, things such as vision and mission. And uh, yes, th- this is cultural agreement. But it's not just having them on the wall. It's like we have them in our hearts. Yeah, right. And and so when people get saved in a church, they become believers. They often buy into those cultural um, agreements uh, intuitively. Like they've seen it here in Japan as people get saved, in Hong Kong as people get saved. They say, we love this church. We love the leadership. It's actually there. It's people coming in from outside need to understand and agree that this is the local church they should attend. So cultural agreement way up front is actually a very important area. And there's formal and informal teaching. Formal is like doing the grow course or your 101 or your DNA. Informal is hanging out, having food, talking about lovely Japan or Hong Kong or these wonderful people and our mission. So there's the informal which you'd agree both are incredibly important. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think that the informal is something that can only happen close range. So small group and volunteer team or with pastoral connection. So I don't know if we want to move on to number two or three, but I know that you, when you, a big part of your story is is coming into that, that agreement. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I do have some questions or some things I, I want to clarify. So you've talked about like the biblical theology side. Obviously, we can't have disagreement there or we're not going it forwards. And then there's like this, the things that, that for us, Lifehouse does, um, the distinctives and things like that. Is is there also like a cultural agreement in terms in terms of the country that we're in? Because like we're in Bali and we're also in Japan and or Indonesia and Japan. They're very different cultures. Would you say that there's something at that level as well? Yeah, I think we've got to understand the leadership culture of those cultures. In other words, um, leadership values in, on a book is very important, but that has context. And we've got to unpack that into local contexts, into the Japanese understanding of leadership and the Indonesian uh, understanding of leadership and the Hong Kong understanding of leadership. And although that doesn't make sense unless we explain it, it's like in Japan, when we came here over, over, a, number, over a few years, we discovered that the word leader was not a positive word in the Japanese culture. And as we dug into it, it was because it's a very strict code of who is ahead of you on the journey and who is below you on the journey. And that comes into the way you speak to people, the actual words, the actual word for you and I and we and the actual words. Um, and it's even even more distinct in other cultures. So we had to talk about another word beside the word leader. And we came up with the word coach for a season because most Japanese love soccer or baseball and the coach is a hero here. Uh, and the coach is the, as, as in most cultures, is the one that says, you know, we this is the way the players play. This is this is our goal, our mission. And when things are not going well, to bring so the, the concept of coach was always positive in Japan. So we actually mm. used the word coach for a number of years before we moved back to the word leader because we had now modelled leadership and biblical leadership to a degree where people realise it's not this up and down hierarchical thing, but it's very much a family and working together. So that's an example here in Japan. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that in, in other cultures, um, you know, they struggle with the concept of leader because sometimes leader can be a bit bossy or whatever, authoritarian, or, or maybe a leader can be a little bit. Whatever it is, we have to bring biblical concept of leadership to that culture without criticizing the culture. You know, here in Japan, we never say to people, your culture is wrong or your leadership culture is wrong, but we can say, um, this is what Jesus said. This is the biblical culture of leadership. So that's one example. The, the Even the concept of leadership and therefore the concept of being a follower. Um, and again, here in Japan, many, many people at university never ask questions. It's not a question asking society. It's an mm. absorption society, very high level, very intelligent people, high, high level of intelligence. And yet, they're not allowed to ask why in the university lecture or with a teacher. So again, we have to develop the leadership culture where people can say, why are we doing that? Or could we do this? Or what about this? Which is highly valuable as we come to the other two areas, um, cultural agreement. Uh, yes, but then there's going to be some other areas. So um, 
Yeah, I, I think I think we have to talk through this, and 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 me and you, Richard, have talked about Hong Kong um, being through some difficult times the last few years, and how do we maintain our major message, which is hope, hope in Christ. Um, that that's more a discussion with you than maybe in Japan, right? So, yeah, yeah. Uh, we had to have that, and in in Bali, which is um, most of our church are from another um, faith. Um, how how do we bring people into leadership uh, when people have really, really come from other faiths. In fact, most of the church are from other faiths and, mm-hmm. and, and creating a great leadership team with divergent background, I guess you could call that. And then and some of that some words, made- some words there that we don't use, you know, so much in Indonesia because, you know, like yeah, talking about followers of Jesus and things like that. And um, yeah. Yeah, versus yeah, maybe yeah. some more religious words that might be a bit and, more and some of those cultures are easier than Japan as well. So we've got to go quicker in some areas. Mm-hmm. You know, like for example, in Indonesia, no matter what faith people are from, they respect the Bible. So that's a very, very big starting point mm. that we can say in the Bible, Jesus said, and people lean in, and 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 the word for the word of God is 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 God authority. Um, in some other cultures, we've got to develop that. So yeah. It's a very interesting area. Okay, so assuming we've got some agreement there, then what's the next thing? The next one is we've got a few words for this. I use the word engagement, my, my, my engagement as a leader in the person. So they have cultural agreement and now I'm, I'm giving a lot more attention and time. Um, there could be at this point uh, train, a lot more training into our for them to become a leader, um, for them to now lead others in our church, whether it's in a, a volunteer team, we dream team, or a connect group, or Bible Bible teaching, or we're now teaching them, but we're not leaving them on their own, which is that's for a third one. But right now we're talking the word about engagement, but also the word opportunity. And I've discovered really around the world, although a lot of people do talk about um, training leaders. Um, when you talk about the pathway to give opportunities, it's a little bit more reluctance or slowness. And I get it. I totally get it. We've all been uh, um, maybe raised up someone that didn't, didn't do well or, we, or we, didn't, we didn't train them well enough. Let's put it on us or we didn't see something. or <laughs> um, And a little, people are a little bit reluctant. Reluctant means, mm, been, you know, we've tried that or oh, I'm not sure about that. So, this area is opportunity and engagement. That is what, okay, let me put it this way. There's, a, there's an old phrase that when you train a new leader, there's three phases. One is that I do it, you watch. The next one is you do it, I watch. The next one is you do it on your own and we move to feedback. And so the, this concept of I'm going to hand it to you now, training, confidence, um, whatever it is, you've seen me do it. Um, you've seen me run a small group. You've, we've talked about how we're going to do it and, and, now, and, and how to do a study. And now you do it, I watch. That's number two. The you do it, I watch is probably a, another way in leadership literature that people talk about this second one. Um, and it's actually quite labor intensive, you know, because yeah. you just want people to just run, run, take the ball and run, right? But <laughs> yeah. um, I think we've seen uh, some people can do that. 
some some people are come in as actually really wow they're just going to go but most people need this assurance confidence oversight um and then we're sort of moving now into the third one these two are very connected which is feedback two-way feedback but let's let's just leave that for a moment and and just come back to this thing of opportunity because opportunity needs to start i think pretty soon in some area so it's a serving team an opportunity to use their gift an opportunity here in japan um one of the big wide open gates for opportunity is the welcome team at church which is very very fun and very very up and very very our culture um welcoming people in with signs and yay um and so glad you're here and meet someone like you and we come and sit here. And so the front end of the church is very much open and warm and welcoming. And that team is a great starting team. Now, some people will not like that team because they're much more um, into uh, production. So we'll through our grow course and serving application, we'll understand they're actually loving, they would love to be in the, the camera team or the the screens team where the, 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 the screens where things are projected or the, and so, you know, we may put them, ask, ask them to join or they ask to join the, 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 some other team. Of course we want to put them in that team, but opportunity is a big part. And then there's others that say, I have a passion for prayer or forgiving or, or for giving finance or whatever, yeah. uh, or, uh, the forgiving team sounds very yeah. funny. Yeah. <laughs> um, we're all part of the forgiving team. Yeah, we're all on that team. <laughs> um, or the, you, you get it, opportunity. Yeah. But here is really important because uh, over the over the years, I've seen something, and that is that when we give opportunity, often the leader does it better at first. And so there is a tendency to take things back. And this is... This is really important moment where we refrain from taking it back, but ask them to be with us in the area. We're going to show you. I'm going to show you how to do this or that. And um, does that make sense? I, 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 why don't mm-hmm. I throw you into it because you're a pastor in this whole system of opportunity engagement. Mm-hmm. What do you see? Well, I just remember when, like, it. It's amazing that. One of the things that I remember that really kind of activated me in the church was they let me go and buy a cable for the projector. <laughs> wow. And like, you know, I've been I've been serving for 15 years now in, in our church and that's like so many things have happened. But I remember buying a cable and thinking they let me buy a cable. Right. And it was it was actually my idea that we needed it. And I'd gone to my leader, said, this would, I think this will help, you know. I don't know. I can't remember why. And uh, they said, sure. And they approved the budget. And then I went out and uh, bought the right cable for it. And I just thought like, whoa, they let me do something like kind of independent. And uh, I, th- I, I feel like that's a significant moment in my leadership journey because I realized like, Although buying a cable is like, to be honest, like a boring task um, for a lot of people, uh, it was it, it was really special and significant to me as a wow. young leader and for feel, finding right. my place in the church. And so 
um, having, having, you know, also been part in developing others, I see that mm. a huge, a huge part is we have to give someone an opportunity to yeah. do something. And, and for us as leaders, we can't have this, uh, an attitude of, oh, there's no, everything's being done already. There's no, yeah. you know, uh, the teams are, are functioning well and, oh, there's no real space for you right now. I think that is when things become a problem. There's no opportunity. Mm. And yeah. uh, it's not actually true. There's all, you can always find more opportunity sure. if your brain is yeah. thinking that way. Um, but we, we need can to. Can I just jump in on that, Richard? Because I think it's really important that you, you love to do the cable, but it's possible the leader thought, oh, can I ask him to go and get the cable? Like mm. from the leader's point of view is, will he think I'm using him or – Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, why couldn't he do it himself? Like that could have been yeah. your attitude. Yeah. Um, so I think that what you're saying about giving people a role is they're part of the team now. You're, you're actually yeah. saying you're a team member. Could you help me? And you're not telling, no one told you to go and get the cable. There was a, mm-hmm. there was a need. Could you get a cable? Yeah. And your answer was, could I? So mm-hmm. I think that playing in the game is so important. You know, it's like watching someone play a video game and you say, can I play? Can I have a go? Mm-hmm. And, uh, so yeah, you could do this. You could take that. And my my wife Viv is also very much a servant-hearted person. And um, as a young pastor, there was jobs that she didn't want to give up because she thought no one will want this job. She thought I'm a pastor's wife, I have to do the job. And it could have been going to buy some cleaner or just just something something simple. And she thought, well. I'll do that because no one will want that job. And it took her many years to actually realize there were people that would love that job. Um, and it wasn't like acting like a big wig saying, oh, I, I, don't, I don't get that. I, I, I don't go and buy that anymore. No, no, no. It's someone wanted that job. You wanted that cable job. Mm-hmm. Um, and there has to be, I, I think, an awakening to this understanding of just how different people are and just how wonderful people are. And as long as we treat people with respect and, and ask them and, 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 and engage, this is the word engagement, engaging with them. And hopefully someone said, hey, Richard, would you mind doing like the, the manner is good, the, you're in the team. And you took it in a way that was so positive. And so when Viv started to give jobs to people, um, that what she, was, she was surprised. She said, they, they really want to do that job. They, they really love that job. And and so that was that enabled her to do other things, such as being more involved in the kids' church. So um, it's not like she's backing away from everything, but now she's yeah. able to focus. Um, and I think that when you did that, it did something in your heart, didn't it? You're part of the team, and it was compounded because it was it was my idea to get the cable. So not only did they empower me to do something, but it was something that I had contributed. And right. so it was such a small thing, but but the significance of it was huge. Yeah, so that really had a very deep impact on me. And, uh, you know, I still remember it 15 years later. So, people opportunities. Yeah. And I think it's, uh, we have to make opportunities uh, for people. Um, so, but what about the whole feedback part of it? You, you mentioned that briefly. Yeah. Let's go to, go yeah. to that part of yeah. the loop. So, this is the third one. So, um, cultural agreement, which is biblical and culture. Then there's opportunity engagement from the leader. Um, I do it, you watch. You do it, I watch. Then you do it. So that process. But the third one is we never get past that engagement feedback. So feedback. And here's the key thing with feedback is that you're saying to, to your new leaders, um, uh, 
I will be giving you oversight and we will have a relationship. Basically, it's like a coach and a captain or a coach and a player. It really is this organic, ongoing relationship. And it's it's not just about the leadership position. It's about the person and the feedback. So by the time you get to that place, you've got to have a, a, a good a good relationship, yeah. a good working relationship and spiritual relationship. And and so there's an ease there. There's, there's the coach-player easiness. And so I'll get back to the thing, the thing I always say is that a good coach, you know, because players say he gets the best out of me or he knows who I am and where I should play. So the, the concept from the player's point of view is that this leader is consistently helping me. But there's also a security there that, that this person has my best interest. From the leader's perspective, they've got to keep growing. Um, you know, the, the leader has to keep growing to enable this person to grow in their gift and vision too. So it's very organic, yet it does have formal elements. In other words, where there's gaps or whatever, we're gonna we're gonna do a practice on that, or we're gonna we're gonna go back and you know, if you're playing tennis, we're gonna go go back and practice your backhand because you you're not doing well in that area. So it, there's a very much a trust position, but it's also um, security. Now, when this happens on a play on a team or a, a sports team or even a business team, decisions get quicker. Um, times of interruption get shorter. Times of any sort of correct corrective, you know, whatever it is, gets very short. It's almost like the timeout in basketball. We've got three minutes to sort it out, or one minute, whatever it is. And you can you can see I don't know basketball very well, but anyway, there's this, this short timeout. We come together and then we go and play. Because it's not about us. It's not about our ego or our – it's about the mission, about the people. We're helping people now. And so the third one is this flow. Um, I call it feedback, but it's like, a, like a, a very organic feedback flow. And from that, we can go back to cultural agreement at a higher level, which is the next level of leadership up. But the feedback time should never finish, really. It just diminishes in time and effort. It's just easy. We talk about, you know, at that point, me with you, um, a lot of our, our stuff is on text and it's very short because we have a security. So I'm not saying everyone's at that point, but right now, you know, like it's, you could say, how, how about Tuesday? And I'll say yes or no, or maybe or sure, or something that's, that there's no reading into it. Like, like, what did he mean? Or what? It's just so such a flow because we're now cultural agreement. There's been good interactive opportunity engagement, and now we're at the feedback stage, which makes it just so much easier. And that's when we go into a church on a Sunday, Richard, and you look at all your teams, and and some people say to me, "Well, what do, what do you, what does Richard do?" And, and my answer is, he's got to be the happy leader. He's got to be the the encouraging, hopeful leader walking in. Of course, you're going to see things and you're going to interact, and but it's very, very happy and short. Now, sometimes problems come up and that's where the coach needs to get involved. So they'll call you into um, to, to something and you, you've got to help solve it, but probably you you may not solve it. You're just, you're just the coach. They had a, what, so it's a very, very organic, wonderful place to get to in, in a leadership loop. But from there we actually do go back to a higher level of cultural agreement where we realize this person now needs to lead one or two or a team 
of people. Now they're the dream team leader, the connect group leader, the the um, whatever it is. And so that loop continues on to then going around again where they could be a very high level leader, a pillar in the church, I think we call it, like a, a weight bearing person, a pillar in the church. And so with these three, um, you can, what about that? What about this? What about that leadership lesson? I'll say, yeah, yeah, that fits there. That fits there. But I do think what, what this did was as we moved back, it was like a, a helicopter view of leadership. And so understanding where there's weakness and where we need to add strength, where we need to develop ourselves as leaders, we need to develop new leaders. It just gives us that scope. And I think that's why so many of our leaders enjoyed hearing this teaching. Is that, is that what you would say too? Why there was so much discussion on this? Yeah, because I think everyone in the room was sitting there thinking, ah, I need more of one of those three. Like I, yeah. I need to give more feedback or be involved in that more or get more agreement. Some people are uh, moving on before they've got agreement. And uh, for me, I came away thinking I need to engage even more. Uh, so yeah. yeah, I think it just, it, it helps simplify, but, but I think there's also more things we can talk about with feedback of, well, we could talk yeah. about a lot of things yeah. for all of these, but one, one thing I really sure. liked that you mentioned was feedback is two ways. Can you explain a little bit yeah. of, of what that's like? Yeah. Um, I heard it said recently by Pastor Chris Hodges of Highlands. He said, you know, discipleship's not just about having good fathers. It's also like having good sons or good daughters. So this is not gender specific. We talk about fathers, biblical concept yeah. of, of raising people up. So I, I just thought that was such a wise thing to say because it's, it's not just all on me. Um, you know, we've all had people that did not come with us on the journey and that's fine. We love them and let them go. But um, it's all about this two-way street that we're in this because we're both in agreement. Um, we, we both want to grow, want to see the church grow, want to see the ministry grow, want to see the people grow. We're, and so it, it, it's not just about having good leaders, it's about having good followers or good, that's probably not a popular word in some ways today, but having good learners, which is the biblical word. Disciple means learner having good learners in, in the group. And um, so it's two-way. And, and that's, again, where it gets so fast because both have the right attitude, they have the right understanding, there's trust, and it's all about helping people. And I think that's the two-way uh, of, of developing good, good um, you know, learners, whether it's a sports team, business team, church team, there's learners in the group. And it's so exciting when we have high-level learners who are learning, who are growing, and often they give me feedback about where we are short, where we need help, mm -hmm. where, where, where someone could help us. And you know me, I'm always asking people on the, on the, the cold face or where they're meeting people, how did it go? What are people saying? What's happening in Japan? What's happening on the campuses? What's happening in the workplace? What's happening in the families? I'm asking for feedback from my team all the time, and it's not tiring. It's me learning as a leader that I'm able to understand where we're up to with our mission mm -hmm. because it's, you know, in, in, in Lifehouse, there are a lot of people and uh, I, I can't be the one to get that stuff. But even at the beginning when we only had 10 young Australians with us, I was always asking the same questions and learning and growing. So no matter what stage you're at, when people are at that feedback stage, that high-level momentum stage, the leader learns a lot. And should be learning a lot. 
And it, it just is the same in a sports team where they say, hey, hey, coach, that, that person is getting an advantage on that left side or whatever it is. There's, there's feedback and then there's a, a resolving and we go to the higher level together. So that's the two-way street. And when, when you were talking about that, I was even thinking of another application that's really important as well that is on the son's side and you know not the, not the father's side. It's that it's yeah. volunteering information and asking questions and wanting feedback over yeah. a specific situation. Because if you're leading someone and you don't know what's going on in their team and they're not communicating up to you uh, to get feedback, like, is this good? Is this what, would, what we want? Or what, what would you do is it in this situation? This kind of stuff, then it, it, it actually becomes very slow, your development of the person, because you can only give feedback of what you know. And uh, what yeah. you see, and if especially if you're disconnected or across countries like we are, uh, you know, it's it's up to. For, in my situation, I have to volunteer information up to you to uh, make yeah. your your job easier to give me good decisions because otherwise you'll give the decision off wrong information because I haven't volunteered it. So I think that's another really big part of that. Yeah, and I think just jumping on what you said, I think when you have to ask, you know, a lot of questions where. Uh, one question could lead to a flow. A flow is better. Like it's like, how's it going, Richard? You go bump, 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 bump. Um, what's happening in this area? Bump, bump. And so you're, you're again, you're divulging information, some of which may not be that important, but it leads to a larger decision. Mm-hmm. And I'm going, I'm there thinking, wow, this is great. You 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 understand the context and why we're making that decision. So I, I'm more confident of the team when there is that um, one question can lead to a lot of information. Um, now, this is something where people grow in. You know, I've, I've been around people that that have found it very hard to divulge and we've had to actually, part of the engagement feedback is saying, I need you to give me more. <laughs> I, ne- I need you to, because if we're going to make a decision, I need to know not just part A, but part B and C of this decision. So we, we need to train, it's part of the training, the engagement feedback is to say, we have to we have to have it at this level to go faster. One of the things I love doing is going around to our campuses and, and seeing the amazing people and, and seeing the people in Hong Kong and we're just able to talk about the, the incredible positives that are there and wow, what about this and that? And, and, and often my role is not to correct what you're doing but to endorse it and say, well done, I, I, what about this? And so I think everyone wants a person like that in their corner, right? It's like, <laughs> again, the coach coming in. So I think that's my role more and more. Well, it's been a great uh, chat today and I look forward to what's going to happen next. We'll see you soon. Thank you so much for joining us today. And if you enjoyed today's episode with Pastor Rod, why don't you subscribe on whatever platform you are listening to this and we'll see you next time.